Tyler might want to take you out to coffee or maybe a steak dinner or something. <laughs> steak dinner on you. Let's go. Hey, hey Tyler, I think I'm interested what? in the nation. <laughs> yeah, me too. Throw me on the tap. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Alongside Podcast, which is a production of Heritage Baptist Church. The purpose of this podcast is to come alongside followers of Christ in order to have thoughtful conversations about the gospel, culture, and the church. I'm your host, Mike Crump, and as many of our listeners know, Heritage Baptist Church has a long history of engaging in global ministries in both our financial support and also equipping men and women to live cross-culturally around the world. One thing you may not know is how we discover, develop, and deploy global workers in those areas. That is why I'm so excited to have Pastor Rob on today's episode to explain what the Pathway to the Nations is and how it works here at Heritage. Rob, welcome to the program. Thanks so much, Mike. Been looking forward to this opportunity. I know. It's uh, been a long time coming. Very excited to have you on. But you've also brought a couple other guys who are no strangers to Heritage. Um, But I'll let you introduce these guys because they are actively in the pathway and uh, moving towards deployment. Yeah. yeah. Today we brought with me uh, Nathan and Tyler, both uh, just stallions that I love to run (laughs) alongside with. Um, really challenge and spur me on in so many ways, um, particularly in how they pursue Jesus and mm. um, their love for other people. And here at Heritage, they play a, a crucial role in helping our people discover God's heart for the nations. Mm. I love that. I love that. So we're going to get into the pathway here in just a minute and kind of talk through what that is, because that is an integral part about how we raise up, train up, and, and send people Um, But let's start with just the basics and a little introduction to global ministries overall. Uh, First of all, how long have you been the uh, global ministries pastor, Rob? It hasn't been too long ago. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually, I'm I'm not good with exact numbers like that, but it's been uh, almost two years, about a year and a half that I've been running solo in this role. But uh, before that, Pastor Allen and Mm -hmm. myself got to uh, run in tandem together for a couple years. And our family has been back um, from overseas for five years now. We just passed the five-year mark. And so it's been a joy to to be able to serve the church body in this way. That's awesome, and uh, you've done a fantastic job, and it's amazing to see what God is doing. Um, why do you have such a passion for global ministries? Obviously, you, 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 work, you were on the field, and now you're here, and you're training and helping prepare people for the field. Why is this such an important thing for Pastor Rob? Oh, I think, um, I mean, that's, you know, not a question I really thought about yeah. much before. Um, passion comes from different avenues Mm. uh, along the years. Um, I think one of the ones that I could, one of the avenues that I could speak to most strongly is when you've had the opportunity to be outside of the U.S., outside of Lynchburg even, Mm. um, and to realize what um, cultures and people um, live in day in and day out without gospel influence in their lives, Mm. without the regeneration that God works in us Mm. and um, the effects that that has on us as individuals and then us as a society without Christ. Um, It just just burns a passion in Mm. you um, to see uh, Christ work the same transformation that he's worked in you um, in the lives of others. Uh, We have so many benefits and rewards yeah. um, being part of God's family that um, you just long for others to know that as well. Mm-hmm. And um, then particularly, uh, I think, having lived overseas, mm-hmm. having had conversations with individuals who have never even heard the name of mm-hmm. Jesus, mm-hmm. Um, you recognize the incredible um, benefit that you have been given in Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, it just, it just uh, creates such a fire in your heart to share that with others and yeah. to, to um, see our church be a part of making his name known in the world. Amen. Amen. What about you guys? I mean, you, you're on your way to, uh, to living this out in a very real way. Um, what is it that led you to pursue this? Yeah, for me, well, there's so much I could say. It's various people, circumstances, just God's kindness and grace in directing my wife and I uh, on this path. But it really comes back to the the biblical mandate, right, that we Mm -hmm. are so familiar with. And there's a lot that we could look to in the scriptures. But personally, for 
uh, for Nicole and I, it's been Psalm 67. Uh, May God be gracious to you and bless you and make his face to shine upon you. Mm. Why, why is that? Why is it that God blesses us that way? It's so that his name would be made known among the nations. And, um, and then you fast forward to, to Revelation, Revelation 5 and 7, and we see a picture of that's going to happen. He's going to be exalted. And, and so getting to be a part of Global Ministries and then for us as a family to give our lives to uh, what he's moved us to in, in going and being goers uh, cross-culturally, um, it's just the greatest thing that, that we could do and what he's moved us to. So, but it really comes back to that biblical foundation, looking at the grand narrative what he's done and and what we're confident is going to come mm. amen tyler what about you first of all ditto to all of that <laughs> amen 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 good answer good and answer if i can add anything just speaking from our story when we first started praying about going i just kept on thinking galatians just kept coming to my head and i read through galatians and galatians 110 and galatians 220 mm. stood out to me there in Galatians 1.10, am I seeking the approval of man mm-hmm. or of God? If I were mm-hmm. seeking the approval of man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And then fast forward to Galatians 2.20, yeah. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer Tyler who lives, mm-hmm. but Christ who mm-hmm. lives in me. And then like Nate said, looking at that in the context of all of Scripture, the more when I just open my hands and surrender, of, okay, Lord, I want my life to be for you. Mm-hmm. And then seeing Genesis 12, God promises to Abraham that all the nations of the earth would be blessed through him. Looking at, as the New Testament, Jesus enters the scene. Mm-hmm. He is from the bloodline of Abraham. And then fast forward to now the epistles. And this gospel of good news is for the Jew and the Gentile. Mm-hmm. And the certainty of the mission that we see all the way in Revelation 7, like Nate mentioned. When, bro. I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> when... Uh, all the nations of the earth are represented around the throne of God. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, God, I, I want to be a part of this. What role can I play Amen. in it? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, to that end, um, Heritage is in a place of being able to be part of this global mission, mm-hmm. um, to see the world, hear of Christ, and respond to Christ. But let's talk about what goes on in global ministries. Uh, people may see it on the website, uh, hear about it on a Sunday morning, be like, oh, man, what do they do? They probably just write some checks to missionaries, <laughs> and then they just call them every now and then and say, I hope you're doing well. Um, but it's far more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so help us understand a little bit, what is, what is the vision of global ministries here at the church? Yeah, Mike, I appreciate you asking. Um, really, we have, as a team, defined our vision as um, we exist in order to discover, equip, and shepherd long-term cross-cultural goers who love the gospel, love Mm. Jesus, Mm -hmm. and are making reproducing followers of Jesus. And and um, some some places around the church, you probably have seen our little logo yeah. that um, abide mul- and multiply together. Mm-hmm. Um, that and that really kind of sums up how we want to live and act. And a lot of our values are surrounding those key principles. We want to be a people that abide mm. in Christ. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus said, right? And, yeah. um, as we as we enter into that truth, we want to do it as a community, as a people together pursuing Christ. And um, so so we strive to do things together. We strive to pray corporately. Mm-hmm. We strive to be out in the harvest telling people about Christ together. Um, we also uh, seek to multiply. And as, as God uh, brings people um, into our lives that we have the chance to share with them, we, we seek to gather as he's called the church to do and, and to um, see followers of Christ multiply. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, stepping back to... Um, um, that vision statement about discover, equip, and shepherd mm-hmm. long-term cross-cultural goers. We want people to be able to thrive in a long-term uh, fashion overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that's a process mm-hmm. of really discovering 
who God is, mm-hmm. it's discovering who God has made us to be, and discovering his heart for the nation. So so as a global ministries team, we want to walk alongside people, help them discover who yeah. God is, yeah. discover um, his plan for this world, and, um, and then we want to also journey with them in an equipping fashion, helping them develop um, character, helping them mm. develop competencies and skills that will allow them uh, to be more effective in sharing his good news with others. And then as our our members go out overseas, um, we also want to come alongside them and just shepherd them through Mm -hmm. the process. Mm -hmm. Shepherding is a matter of of knowing who they are, knowing what they're struggling with, caring for them in that process. Um, But a shepherd also is one that helps lead us um, to where we should go. And so we as a church body want to also be shepherding our Mm -hmm. goers, leading them back to Jesus, leading them in his ways. And so we can all get distracted and and off course sometimes and so we need one another to, to oh, pull yeah. us back and so that's mm-hmm. that's kind of in a nutshell um yeah uh we do write a lot of checks and uh, <laughs> <laughs> well um, that, that's one thing i mean the, the heritage has just again mm-hmm. has a legacy mm-hmm. of just being so supportive of global work um here at uh at the church and, and around the world um, and it is amazing to me, especially when we have some of these special offerings and things mm-hmm. like that. We just see people just pour out their hearts, pour out their, their money um, mm-hmm. to that because I think there is a legitimate desire to see people reached with the gospel, mm-hmm. um, not just here locally, not just to build some big church, but to see people impacted mm-hmm. by the gospel around the world. Um, and I love that. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that the, the your, your vision is it's an inward, out so you're going to abide, and out of that wellspring mm. of knowing Christ and who he is comes the work that is done for his glory. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that is such a holistic way to, to look at it. And so love it so much. Now, there are many parts of Global Ministries, a lot of different avenues uh, where you guys are involved, a lot of different avenues of where people can even get involved. Um, and you mentioned a little bit about supporting our, the global workers and kind of the intensity there. But some people may not understand that we actually have our own agency here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what, what that's about. Yeah, I think um, it's unique in some ways that um, as God has called the church to send out people, apostles, uh, if you will, uh, messengers of good news, um, he has uh, called the church also to be a part of supporting those people as, as they go out. And um, we, we do have our own agency. We have other agencies that we partner and cooperate with. Mm-hmm. But as we send out our members, they also have the option to be a part of our church's agency. Mm-hmm. And that really brings the relationship very close um, as we help facilitate all the logistics um, that are needed, all the donor processing, mm-hmm. um, helping to uh, look into the needs of their family and, and outlining a budget and, and all the things that an agency really comes along and supports a worker in. Yeah. Um, but Heritage, uh, about five years ago, undertook that responsibility for ourselves. Um, we already are a church that significantly support our workers financially yeah. and also in care. And it was just a next logical step as we as a church want to invest well in the people that are investing mm-hmm. in um, those overseas. So That's awesome. And so that's that's one avenue, and obviously that's one of those that uh, people you know support and they pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have other things that people can begin kind of maybe putting their, their foot and the, their toe in the water a little mm-hmm. bit about what it is to live cross-culturally culturally or, or to learn a little bit about that. Things like disciple-making teams, mm-hmm. um, which is something people may have heard a little bit about um, being promoted in that. Who, who wants to tell us about those disciple-making teams? Get it, Tyler. <laughs> we can rock, paper, scissors for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, disciple-making teams, it, it fits in the realm of global ministries, and we help facilitate it, but it really is for the church yeah. at large. And the big inspiration for, just going back to the word, the big inspiration for disciple-making teams, when we look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, that it's the saints who are supposed to be equipped for the work of ministry. Amen. It's like, okay, how do we get our people outside of the church walls into the community? We have a heart for the unreached and the billions who aren't hearing, mm-hmm. and God has us here in Lynchburg. So how are we faithfully sharing with our community mm-hmm. here? So a disciple-making team 
is a 10-week small group type format where it's a high commitment for 10 weeks where you everyone every member of the disciple making team signs a, a comp covenant at the beginning and you're committing to three hours a week abiding with jesus two hours a week interacting with unbelievers and at least one hour a week praying together mm. in community and what's beautiful is it is that 10 weeks so you can put a pause on some things take take some things off of your plate for the, that period yeah. to live intentionally of how can I live intentionally for the community of Lynchburg here. And through that, we walk through even face sharing tools and we walk through a book that um, it, it's called Spiritual Multiplication in the world, Real World. Mm. So it's taking biblical principles and, okay, what does that look like to live out today mm-hmm. in community? Yeah, I, I could go on and yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think what I love most about that is you're doing it in community. You're yeah. doing it with others yeah. as a team. And and so many of us, you know, struggle with our own weaknesses mm-hmm. and shortcomings. But mm-hmm. to to go out with Nathan and to to be engaging with people mm-hmm. that um, are struggling are still trying to figure out who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. You know, Nathan brings strengths to that conversation mm-hmm. that I lack, and mm-hmm. where he's lacking, I'm able to step in. And so yeah. there is so much joy in mm-hmm. doing it together. Yeah, we really are better together. And I'll just key in on uh, one of the words Tyler said was intentional. Mm-hmm. And so 10-week, uh, it, it's kind of an intensive format where we're walking through different principles and tools and practices uh, we we wouldn't say to anybody like, hey, this is the pace that you should run mm-hmm. uh, a- after those 10 weeks. And you might not subscribe to everything that we walk through, uh, but we hope that it gives some simple tools on the tool belt for engaging. Yeah. And then within all of that, uh, Tyler and I are getting to, to be a part of leading some teams right now. And I was so encouraged talking to uh, one of the couples in our church. And he, he said to me, you know, it's, it's really just a mindset shift. We don't have to add more or do more, but rather where we're at already, where God has placed, at, placed us, the neighborhood that we live in, um, the, the places that we play, the mm. places that we work, how do I see things through a different lens? Yeah. And we're just so thankful in the midst of all of this, that's really what we're after is that intentionality in everyday life so that whether in you're, you're in Lynchburg, whether you're wherever it might be, um, somewhere else in the country or across borders and seas, that we live with that gospel intentionality. Yeah. And so it reframes how you view life in yeah, a lot of exactly. ways and the kind of that structure that you see things through. Um, and that's what I so appreciate. And uh, as I hear testimony after testimony of people who have gone through uh, mm-hmm. the disciple-making team and have just kind of come out the other end going, wow, okay, life can look different, more intentional mm-hmm. to your word there um, than I had thought it could before. Um, and there's more just engagement with God's word and yeah, uh, obe- right. obedience to him. Um, now, there are other ways that people can get involved here at the church. We're going to talk about some of those later on, mm-hmm. um, because this does kind of dovetail into our pathway to the nations, because disciple-making teams can be a little bit of that taste mm-hmm. of maybe what it is to get out into the community to share the gospel. You're learning alongside other people, which is really just a beautiful way to learn mm-hmm. how to engage. Um, but the pathway to the nations, it's its a pretty big deal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. its its a process. There's a lot to it. Um, let's start with the, the just the simple question of what, what is the purpose? Why have mm-hmm. such a pathway to take people from not going to the nations to now they are going to the nations? Why the pathway? Yeah, there's a, a lot that could be said with that. Um, I think fundamentally we just want to stay and really we need to preach it to ourselves day in and day out is uh, we want to know and love Jesus more. Mm, yeah. And so uh, even in the, the fullness and the complexity of the pathway, there's so many things that are needed to do and they're great things. And I know myself and probably many of us, it can just become a, a, a checkbox mentality. Mm. But Man, more than anything, whether somebody ends up on the field, whether they end up here, whether they end up wherever it might be, um, however much they do of uh, the pathway. And as we talk about that, the um, various uh, dynamics of that, but just that each person would know and love Jesus more. That's really how we would even Mm -hmm. look at success, Mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, but then real practically, I just uh, one statistic that I call to mind is, um, or I guess two, um, it's said, generally speaking, about two out of every 100 people that inquire about going to the field actually get to the field. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's 98 people that have some sort of interest, and there's probably a lot of great reasons that people don't go to the field or shouldn't go to the field. But my guess is there's probably a number of people that didn't either didn't have a clear pathway or roadmap or know how to get to the field. Mm. Um, and so that's one. And then the other is uh, it's said that about uh, 50% of workers will either return from the field uh, before the end of their first term or they won't go back for a second term wow. and a term being about four years. Yeah. And so the attrition rate is great. And so what that tells us is Um, It comes back to the scriptures. We know we need to be a part of this, but then we look at this practically and say, wow, there is a tremendous need to equip our people not just to go. We want people to go, but by his grace, we want people to stay. Yeah. And a lot of those reasons are preventable reasons. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And, and then even within that, the storms are, are no doubt going to come. Rob can speak to that with many years uh, cross-culturally. But how do we even set ourselves up by his grace to not just be surviving and just making it, yeah. but learning to thrive with joy, not based on our circumstances, but based in Christ. And so that maybe rounds out just a little bit of the why behind all of the what that the pathway entails and what is sometimes, you know, three, four, five years for people of preparation to go to the field. So you're telling me that going to the field, it's not wise to just hop on a plane and head (laughs) out there with no no plan or anything of that nature. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the plan itself. Um, Now, the plan itself, if I'm speaking correctly, has kind of like three distinct parts to it. You you got the discover phase, develop, and then deploy. Mm -hmm. So let's just walk through these. What can people expect? What's required? How does this work for the person? Let's say I am interested in global work, but I'm fearful mm. because I don't know exactly what my next step is here. Mm-hmm. Talk to Tyler. What, what's what's next for me, Tyler? I think I'll share it by just telling my wife and I's journey as we entered into it. Pathway. Yeah. So I mentioned, okay, we started asking the question, Lord, we want to be a part of what you're doing overseas. Are we goers? Are we, are we senders? What does that look like? As we continued to pray and, and really open our arms and surrender, we met with church leadership and who Heritage has to help facilitate, even challenge and ask those questions of, okay, how are you going to get there? What are mm-hmm. the next steps? So we met with the mobilizers. We met with Pastor Rob and shared our story. And they, as we continued to take steps and get more and more clarity of, we want to be goers then we took that step of obedience and entered into the pathway mm-hmm. to the nations of, okay, we're going to enter into this community with the intention of going. Uh, and from the get-go, it was communicated, like Nathan said so well, is, hey, this is first and foremost so that you guys love Jesus more. Mm-hmm. And if the Lord uses us to prepare your family to live long-term overseas among the unreached, praise the Lord. Yeah. But First and foremost, we want you to love Jesus more as a result of being in this community. And then they set us up with a mentor, a mentor couple who isn't on the church staff. And they have that vision for the unreached being reached. And they're just helping us walk through our family rhythms. Mm. They're another voice of wisdom in our life. So we were paired with the mentor. We were given a, a checklist, basically, of resources to look to, like let the nations be glad hey, read that, write a report on, on it. Tell us what you're seeing communicated and what you agree with, what you disagree with. Even a book by John MacArthur found God's will. So there were several resources in that first discover phase of, yeah. okay, we have mentors, we're in this community, and now we're having these great resources. So that's the discover phase. And what we've added into that phase recently is, okay, we want to send long-term cross-cultural goers and see God's church established among the nations. So how are we going to do that if our people don't know the word of God? Mm-hmm. So we we added the oral doctrine where you stand before pastors and they ask you questions about what you believe theologically because <laughs> how are you going to go overseas and live among yeah. those who don't know Jesus if you can't even tell your, your home church what you believe about yeah. the Bible? And it's a little uncomfortable, but 
part of the intention of the pathway to the nations is, hey, let's help see, let's help you find areas that you need to grow and develop in so that when you do launch overseas, you've kind of gone through this angst a little bit before being thrown into a completely different culture. So uh, that's the discover phase. I'll hand it off to whoever wants to take it. Yeah, maybe I just back up a little bit because I think if someone's listening to this podcast and all of a sudden they say like, oh, well, you have to stand before a bunch of pastors and give a doctrinal defense. All of a sudden they're like, whoa, I'm I'm backing way back on from that. But really in the pathway community, um, there is a season of intentional training, and we're so thankful for Pastor Jeff yeah. and his experience and knowledge. He he literally spends five to six months with our Pathway people, meeting intentionally with them on a regular basis, walking them through different mm-hmm. um, doctrinal distinctives and, mm-hmm. and, and helping them to better understand what the Bible teaches us about yeah. our faith and grounding them. So, so what you're hearing in that is that we really do desire to develop our people. Um, it's not just do you have it or you don't have it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love this, um, and, and it makes me excited when I hear this because it's not just, um, and, and this is going to sound kind of crass, but I think there's just reality. It's not just warm bodies that are being thrown out to the mission field. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there is an intentional sowing into the life of people mm-hmm. um, in order to build up a strong foundation of biblical doctrine, understanding. Because I think you're you're, you're right. It, how can I preach the gospel mm-hmm. if I don't really know it mm-hmm. and, and know mm-hmm. it well? And so I think that's so crucial. And it, to me, that's exciting to hear that there's a strong foundation of biblical yeah. truth in these individuals that is going out to the nations. And by the grace of God, we will mm-hmm. see more and more of that mm-hmm. coming out of that. I would just add real quick, it's, it's so critical, right? Like who we are, what God is doing in our life is what we're going to reproduce among the nations. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if we love and cherish the gospel, if we have a, a solid theology that informs our missiology, like those are all things we're developing here and now, but it's what we're going to reproduce among the un- unreached, like infant churches that by God's grace are formed, what they see in us, what they hear us talking about, what they see us modeling, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. And so it, it's just so critical to be well-prepared. Amen. Amen. And that is a crucial part of community as well. And, uh, you know, and one of those very first things is being a part of the local church, being a part mm-hmm. of heritage specifically in this case, um, because there's something about being under accountability, being under leadership, and then learning under that leadership mm-hmm. that, that just breeds a, a humble spirit mm-hmm. to help move forward. So what's next? We got, uh, we're got we discovering somebody's interested, drawing them in, helping them kind of learn. What, what does that develop strategy look like or the develop step of the pathway? Who's next, guys? I'll take this one, yeah. Yeah. Um, So developing, there's kind of three main categories, and the structure of that is this thing that perhaps um, our people have heard about called Go Group, and that is a nine-month intensive where uh, people walk through an interview, an application process just to make sure it's the right timing, the right aligned vision, expectations, et cetera. And uh, then there's an invitation for people to physically move out of wherever they're living and into a local community uh, to do life and ministry very intentionally together for an extended season. And there's a lot within that, but a, a couple core things. There's three buckets that we talk about that we press into. One is abiding again, just developing Uh, healthy rhythms of sitting at the feet of Jesus and being able to self-feed on his word and uh, to be in prayer rhythms that will carry us on the field. Uh, Number two would be character. Mm. Uh, So often um, it's it's character issues that take people off the field and um, it's it's not necessarily the the ministry skills and that sort of thing. And so just pressing into character, we all have baggage, right? Whether it be hurts, habits, hangups, so we just want to humbly acknowledge that together as a community uh, and then be uh, structured and intentional to consider, okay, how can we trust the Lord to develop character in preparation to go? And then the third would be ministry skills. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the beauty of the structure is that the abiding and the character uh, development and formation happens in the context of doing ministry together. And it's such a joy to be able to uh, to read, to work through curriculum, and to talk through different um, 
uh, assessments and whatever it might be to be learning, but then also applying it. Yeah. And uh, within all of that, so basically we're then saying, hey, let's do here what we're going to ask you to do there. Yeah. Uh, but within the context of uh, a known community, uh, having a common language, common culture, et cetera. And so it's very practical mm. uh, in nature. I think it's a, it's a beautiful step. Um, I remember when we started implementing this, um, it was kind of a, to me, it was almost like a foreign concept. <laughs> what do you talk about? People are going to sell their house and move into yeah. you know, a, a local apartment complex and, and have all of a sudden this, this new dynamic. And, and really it was just kind of like, well, it, it makes sense. Mm. It makes sense that kind of that, those baby steps of moving towards cross-cultural ministries it, it is to, well, intentionally put myself in a place that maybe different than I would be accustomed to mm-hmm. and learning from that in those rhythms as you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's okay, I do want to reemphasize that what Nate said of we want you to do here what you're going to do there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge advocate for Go Group. My wife and I are in it right now. And so people have been walking through the pathway to the nations for a couple years at this point, hop into Go Group. And the best way to think of it is like a residency for mm-hmm. someone studying to be a doctor. Yeah. They, you're reading these great resources, you're being yep. mentored, and then you get the, the hands-on skills. Yep. You're not going to – your first brain surgery isn't going to be <laughs> – <laughs> That's a great way to put I'll, it. I'll leave that there. So <laughs> <laughs> it, it is the residency in a way of the pathway yeah. to the nations yeah. of, okay, yeah, let's – like you said, let's take this small step. I say that with quotes. Small yeah, step yeah, of yeah. sell your home, move into this apartment complex that we've strategically chosen in our community – and start to live out these rhythms that, Lord willing, if he launches you overseas, mm-hmm. you're just that's going to be second nature to you at that point. You're, yeah. you're abiding, you're working in team, you're praying regularly and in community, and now you're learning language and hopping into a new culture. But yeah. Yeah, yeah that process also helps people to walk through the goodbyes mm-hmm. and mourning and releasing the things in this life that may or may not be distractions or weights that are slowing them down in their pursuit of knowing and, and loving Jesus and sharing him with others. Yeah. And so, I mean, it sounds like a big thing, break your lease, sell your house. Those are all things that you're going to have to do if you're really truly pursuing cross-cultural yeah. work. Yeah. Why not do it now? Walk through that mourning process mm-hmm. as an individual mm-hmm. with your family um, in the context of a community of Christ that loves you and is supporting mm-hmm. you. And, and then take on even more new and exciting things in the process. Amen. Can I just add one yeah, other yeah, just practical uh, aspect for our listeners is within Go Group, there's what we call Go Plan. And so asking all of the questions of, okay, where am I going to go? Who am I going to team with? Mm-hmm. What agency am I going to go with? Uh, all of the nuts and bolts of that, rather than you having to make that as in an isolated decision sort yeah. of way, you do that in the context of this Go Group community. Yeah. And there's uh, again, there's assessments and there's different things that you're working through to help think critically and comprehensively about that um, as you take steps towards the field. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can just imagine those who may be on that, on that edge of saying, you know, I, I've thought about going overseas. I, I've thought about this. For, for me, someone who, you know, maybe is, there's that fear and trepidation of even thinking about overseas. The fact that there is a process and mm-hmm. people and a community and all of this in place to help me assess, mm-hmm. to pray about, to consider what is next, what that looks like, how this can operate is just like, oh, this this is doable. Mm-hmm. This is doable um, yeah. with, a, with a long-term mind that, hey, after a few years, I will be well-equipped in mm-hmm. order to step into this very foreign place. Yeah. Um, but at least I know that the rhythms of life mm-hmm. and the practice, the character, all those things have been solidified in this community. So now mm-hmm. that I don't have to worry about that plus this mm-hmm. new space and foreign and, and I don't know what to do and language mm-hmm. learning and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so there's just a big chunk of your life that is solidified in this time, which I just think is a yeah. beautiful thing. Um, and that leads us to that last part, which is uh, really deployment. Mm. And this is, you know, just kick you out on a plane and you're gone. And that's, uh, that's how that works, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so now, what, what, it, what does this look like for this last step? I mean, obviously, there's a lot that goes on even as we talk about deployment. Um, mm. But what does this look like? 
Yeah, I already kind of mentioned a little bit of that process of mourning and letting go of things. Um, But it definitely increases in this Mm -hmm. part of the process. And, um, you know, just candidly speaking, as the last couple of years, we've walked through the deployment aspect of the process with members of Heritage that are going out. Um, We have actually seen an increase of suffering Mm -hmm. in their lives Mm -hmm. as the Lord has just... Um, built in them a resilience that is going to prove um, very fruitful, I believe, um, for the gospel ministry overseas. And a lot of loss, actually, a lot of loss that is um, known walking into it, a lot of loss that they have the opportunity um, to let go of themselves. But we've also encountered um, physical trials uh, mm-hmm. through sickness and injury. We've encountered um, mm-hmm. uh, loved ones actually uh, losing them um, here on this earth. Yeah. And, and that process has been really painful, but mm-hmm. um, it has also been so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in so many ways, um, stepping into the life of a global worker can be really isolating. And in the pathway to the nation's community, um, these are people that are now walking it together with others, not just with others moving in a similar direction, but others here in the church leadership and the community of Christ here at Heritage. And so as they've encountered these very real um, hardships, mm-hmm. they've been able to be surrounded mm-hmm. even now in the deployment stage uh, by people that love and care for them deeply and express the love of Christ. And so um, that, that's, that's been very hard, but also yeah. beautiful as now they can look forward to being launched out and knowing that those holding the ropes here in Lynchburg um, will continue to love and care for them mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that, that there is probably this process that goes through the mind because you, you bring up a very, very good point, Rob, is that there's almost the, the counting of the cost early on mm-hmm. is so important because at the beginning, there's kind of an idealistic view of mm-hmm. global ministries, yes. right, of, of going overseas. Um, and, it, it, and it's just going to be just this beautiful transition and people are just going to fall <laughs> at the feet of Christ instantly. Peaches and cream and all the way. <laughs> But there is a very real cost yeah. that's associated with this. And I know some may be going, well, why are you talking like that? You're going to keep people from being, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. workers. It's like, that's God's business. The reality right. is. Jesus is worth it. Amen. Yeah. Amen. He is. He is. And and the fact that in that suffering, there is God working in the midst to draw people to himself. Mm. And uh, what a beautiful thing. Mm. As you're sharing that, my mind is going to to Luke 10, 2, which we pray uh, multiple times a day. Lord, would you, the Lord of the harvest, raise up more laborers? God has to do it. We get to pray, but we trust him to to raise up and send out laborers. But immediately following that, Jesus tells his disciples, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Mm. And so we see that it's a New Testament pattern. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be hardship. There's going to be persecution. And, um, and, but then to come back to, like you just said, Rob, like Jesus is worth it. And so we want to continue to, as a community, just press into that and trust God for the grace to choose to believe him and to choose Jesus even when the hardship comes. Yeah. And likewise, I mean, the confidence that we have in Jesus that he promised us in this world, we will have tribulation. Yeah. But he went yeah. on and said, but be of good cheer for I have yeah. overcome. Amen. And, and that is just just a tremendous truth for us mm. to cling through as we roll through those tribulations. Yeah. And it demonstrates why it's so important to make that abiding with Christ yeah. the primary thing. Because mm-hmm. if, if you're not abiding with Christ, but you have every tool on your tool belt, um, it, you're going to be like, uh, Won't matter. Know, yeah, yeah, the sun's going to come out, it's going to scorch the earth, and you're just going to just dry up. Um, but if there's mm-hmm. that deep well residing and abiding in Christ, yeah, amen. Um, it leads to great fruitful ministry for years and years and years, even in the midst of difficulty and struggle. Um, so with that said, we have uh, s- several people who have been here in the pathway recently. Of course, we've got a couple of guys here. Who else are not necessarily names, but just how many people are currently in the pathway? Yeah, I believe we have 14 family units currently in the pathway with several who are starting to ask the Lord, mm. is this the next step for yeah. me? That is unbelievable. <laughs> 14 people. 
Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm just going to stop one second because for those who are listening, that you're, you are part of Heritage, let me just lay this out for you. Those 14 people will need support. Those 14 people will need not only our prayer, but also the financial care of their church and their friends and family and things of that nature. So as we think about just, well, all the things that the church does, and we do a lot here at Heritage, there is a very real reality as God continues to stir the hearts of people who are in this pathway and heading towards the nation. There is a very good problem that we are faced with (laughs) is that we have a lot of people who are wanting to go to the nations and that means a lot of support that is required for that Um, but what is awesome is we've seen god time and time again demonstrate the care of his people as i was alluding to earlier um, being able to support and care for people financially through prayer and all of those kind of things so it's just something to think about because i think a lot of times we hear that we're like yes and there may be people wondering, okay, well, what, what can I do on the back end here at the church? What are some of the next steps for me? Um, and I think some one of that is, hey, support. Support is a big, big one, but there are other things mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I was really challenged by a dear brother, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably get to his, his quote wrong, and I'm looking to Nate <laughs> to help me out here. Um, but he really uh, challenged my heart in a way um, that I, I just want to pass on to our listeners as well. And his challenge was that we not let our staying be any less sacrificial mm-hmm. wow. than our going. Amen. And um, even as we talk about these communities, you know, oh, man, they're selling their house. They're moving in here. Oh, they're leaving behind good schools and, and opportunities uh, for them. Yeah, our people going are sacrificing. But our going can be here as well, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't mm-hmm. be any less sacrificial in our living um, in that sense. Uh, our, our Lord came not to be served, but to serve. Amen. And uh, we have just a great opportunity to follow in his example. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would just want to say right now, thank you to yes. our church family. Like, Thank you so much as one that has been a beneficiary of uh, God's grace through the generosity of uh, the saints here at Heritage. Uh, and seeing so many others that we've journeyed closely with um, just be so blessed. And um, I'm just time and time again just floored by the generosity and sacrificial giving of our people. So I just celebrate Mm -hmm. uh, what has been done already, and it makes me excited to together as a church family continue to trust him for more as the Lord raises up workers uh, that he is able um, he owns cattle on a thousand hills, Amen. right? And that he is able to uh, to provide, and we'll trust him for what that looks like. Amen. Amen. So what else can people do here, not only in financial support, but we even have things in Global Ministries uh, where people can be a part of kind of helping support, whether it's global care teams, I think of one. Yes. Uh, what does it mean to be a part of a global care team? What is that about? Oh, man, Mike, I'm glad you brought global care teams forward because um, as someone that it has been sent out from Heritage and um, out overseas to, to have the love and the support of a smaller group of people here at the church that are praying regularly, invested in our lives. When we would be back for visits, they were the, the, the friendly faces that we knew. Um, and then also within our body, when we were absent, they helped advocate for what the Lord was doing in our lives and in among the people that we were working in. And so um, that's an opportunity for every member of Heritage. Uh, We have a number of sent workers, and every sent worker has a global care team around them. That's a group of people that surrounds them and and commits, even as our workers go out cross-culturally, to to pray for them, to care for them, and to remain in regular communication with them. That's awesome. And you can find all that information on our website, on the Global Ministries page, um, if you are interested in being a part of that. Now, for those who maybe they're hearing this conversation and they are like, you know what, I, I, I believe my heart is being stirred towards global ministry, towards maybe even going overseas, what would you encourage them to do first thing? First and foremost, just get on your knees and start praying. That was what my wife Sydney and I did and really believe that the Lord answered our prayers of 
Lord, now what? Through this local body of heritage mm. and speaking through the leadership and the structures that we have set up here. So start praying, get in the word and get ready for, <laughs> for what he's going to do. And my, my second piece of advice, whether you're looking to go or not, is go on a trip. Mm. I just got back from my first trip being in an unreached nation. And an unreached nation is less than 2% of them are followers of Jesus. And it's one thing to read about these nations, and it's another thing to be there and to see it and to smell it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, yeah, it's not a theory to me anymore yeah. or a hypothesis of the big need yeah. for more laborers. It's a, a tangible reality that I've seen and I've felt and I'm a different person after being in that nation. Whether I was looking to go or not, my view of God is bigger. My view of this world mm-hmm. is broadened, mm-hmm. and I am desperately praying for these nations where so few have access to the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I would then just add, Tyler might want to take you out to coffee or maybe a steak dinner or something. <laughs> steak dinner on you. Let's go. Hey, <laughs> hey Tyler, I think I'm interested what? in the nation. <laughs> yeah, me too. What? Throw me on the tap. <laughs> but truly, Rob mentioned earlier, abide and multiply together. Yeah. And and that is, um, I would just then add, once uh, you, you spend time praying, seeking the Lord, short-term trip, there's some practical things, but uh, connect with us. And truly, we love to, to touch base with you and just hear where you're at, hear what God is doing in your life, and then join you in praying for mm-hmm. how God might be leading. And then uh, within that, real practically consider, okay, what are some of these potential next steps for you yeah. and to journey very intentionally with you in that? Yeah, and I would add to that, you're, you're probably wondering, how do I connect with us? Um, it's the quickest and simplest way is to send an email to go at hbclynchburg.com, G-O at hbclynchburg.com, um, and uh, reach out, tell us a little bit about yourself, and, and we'll be thrilled to get in touch with you. But beyond all that, I mean, those are all things that are, are great and, and would highly encourage you. But as you're praying, as you're abiding with the Lord, really do kind of a self-evaluation and ask yourself, how am I already engaged with the body of Christ at Heritage? Mm-hmm. Where am I engaged in my community? Um, you know, so often I think there's this concept that like, oh, I buy a plane ticket and suddenly, you know, God sprinkles some pixie dust on me and I become, <laughs> you know, an effective uh, worker for his kingdom. Yeah. But, uh, you know, how is that working out in your life here? How are you using the gifts and the abilities and what Christ has given you in his body here locally? Mm-hmm. And and really kind of wrestle with that yourself as you're reaching out mm-hmm. to us. Amen. Amen. Well, as we close up our conversation here, guys, I would love to just ask the question, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for you as a ministry, uh, global ministries? Um, but how can we also pray for you um, as you guys are preparing um, for this new phase of life and ministry, but also for our global workers overall. Um, So if you just want to, how can we pray for global ministries? How can we pray for our global workers as well? Oh, I think probably the silence that you're hearing Mm -hmm. is us trying to filter down to Mm -hmm. something sweet and concise. Um, uh, For me, I would say that as much as our hope and our desire is that people that engage with us know and love Jesus more, first and foremost, you can pray that for each of us. Mm. Um, I really want to be someone who seeks first the kingdom of God. And um, so I would I would pray for our not just myself but our, our pastoral leadership here mm-hmm. at Heritage that we would be people that constantly seek His kingdom first. Amen. Yeah, Rob quoted at the beginning of the podcast John fifteen where Jesus says, "Apart from me, you can do nothing," and that's something that we've said so many times mm-hmm. in Go Group, and I'm really starting to experience that when when. I or the Global Ministries Office tries to work on our own strength, mm-hmm. yeah, things just crumble so quickly. Mm. So just for our office and for, for me personally, to rely constantly, daily, hourly, every mm-hmm. second mm-hmm. on Jesus because the, the the need is so great it can get overwhelming sometimes and, and there's so much going on here that I can just get outside of my head. But just mm. uh, Nate quoted 
earlier in the year that we were talking about prayer. And he said, the, the most productive thing we can be doing right now is praying. Mm. And the Lord's kind of like deconstructing my mind from, oh, we got to go, 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 do, 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 to let's just go to the one mm-hmm. who has the cattle on a thousand hills, mm-hmm. who is infinite and is limited by nothing. Mm-hmm. So just to, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I know John 15 cognitively, but to, to mm-hmm. live that truth mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to ride the John 15 train and uh, <laughs> a verse that has the Lord just kindly gave to me about the past year or so that I just come back to is John 15:16, where Jesus is speaking and he says, hey, you, you didn't choose me, but I chose you mm. and I've appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, mm. fruit that remains and would bring glory to the Father. And, and so really, as I think about that, two simple things is identity. Pray that our workers would find their identity not in what they're doing for Jesus, mm-hmm. but what Jesus has done for them and in choosing them, choosing us. And then the second thing would be uh, let's, let's join with our workers in asking for fruit mm-hmm. to see God bring about um, lasting fruit that would abide, that would remain to the glory of the Father. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing some of that, but mm-hmm. um, let's just continue to, to persistently and earnestly ask him for more. Amen. Amen. Well, I would encourage all those who are listening, uh, especially if you are a part of Heritage, be in prayer for these guys. Pre- be in prayer for our global workers um, who are all over the place and um, dealing with things that we're not even aware of, but I know you guys are very intimately aware Mm -hmm. of, and I'm sure your heart breaks for many as they wrestle through things as well. Mm -hmm. So let's keep each other in prayer, and especially, I love your comment about identity. I think that Mm -hmm. is just foundational, not just for those who are Mm -hmm. overseas, but may each of us find our identity in Christ alone, for he is worthy. Well, guys, thank you so much. Uh, This has been just a delightful conversation. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, yeah. And I pray that it will just be a catalyst for many more going to the nations and uh, supporting uh, what God is doing here. Well, this has been another episode of the Alongside Podcast. For more details on Alongside or Global Ministries here at Heritage, you can visit alongsidepodcast.com or hbclynchburg.com. Also, wherever you may be listening to this, make sure you leave a five-star review so others can hear about Alongside and be encouraged in their faith. I'm your host, Mike Crum. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you'll join us next time as we continue to come alongside other followers of Christ in order to have thoughtful conversations about the gospel, culture, and the church.